Though some people doubt that multiple personality disorder exists, Switching Time, Dr. Richard Baer's just released book, deals with his treatment of a woman with 17 personalities and a suicidal depression as a result of childhood sexual abuse. You are listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Women's Health. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Stryker, Assistant Clinical Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University's Medical School, the Feinberg School of Medicine. And with me is Dr. Richard Baer, former president of Illinois Psychiatric Society and the medical director for Medicare in Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Dr. Baer, welcome to ReachMD. Thanks, Lauren. It's great to be here. Well, let's get right to it. For those who don't believe in multiple personality disorder, and there are the skeptics out there, how many cases are there? Well, I don't think anyone really knows. For a long time, in the early part of the century, it was reported very, very rarely. In the 1980s and the early 1990s, the number of reported cases just mushroomed. And it's not clear whether the increase in cases is because there was heightened awareness of the diagnostic requirements for the disorder, or if a lot of cases were suggested in the being because the disorder became a fad among a certain segment of clinicians. Well, I think that's the question, is were those reported cases real cases? I think many of them were not. I think the problem is, is that the reason there's skepticism is that I think the disorder really is fairly rare. The, the problems that of trauma that go into creating the disorder and that the talents that such a patient has to have for dissociation, for those to intersect, you've got a very small population. At what point did you realize that Karen was the real thing, that she had multiple personalities? How long did it take you to identify all 17, and how did you keep them straight? It was a long-term process. Shortly after I began seeing her, probably within a few months, and I began seeing her really just for a depression secondary to chronic pain, but she began to tell me about episodes where she couldn't account for time. And these weren't momentary. These were hours at a time, sometimes days. And uh, so this really piqued my interest. I, I knew that these were likely some sort of dissociative episodes, and I didn't know what exactly. And it was clear that the person who was coming to see me didn't know anything more about them than that. So rather than try and intrude and get too aggressive with my questioning about them, I let the information about those episodes just be revealed as they were. And we tried to cope with them and understand what she remembered. She would find herself, oh, miles from home at a gas station you know, with her car and not know where she was and have to ask for directions to get back home. But at what point was it? Was it a month, a year, two years when you said, this is a multiple personality disorder? The first time that I knew for sure exactly what it was is I got a letter from one of the other parts, a seven-year-old girl. And I had suspected because of the, as she began to report more and more of these episodes, that she was likely a multiple personality disorder, but I had no direct evidence. So really, after about four years into the treatment, I got a letter from this other personality, and it really was uh, showed me that it was time for all of the other parts wanted to get involved in the treatment of this disorder. And that's amazing to me that as an experienced psychiatrist, it still took you four years to realize that you were dealing with a multiple personality. Well, you know, I probably knew at about six months to a year, but I didn't want to create anything. And so it was a more a matter of technique of psychotherapy, 
not to try to intrude and not to put her under hypnosis immediately and ask for other parts to come out because that's how they get created. Did you feel that anything in your psychiatric training prepared you to deal with a multiple personality disorder? Well, I think my key to success for this particular case was that I didn't deviate from the very good psychotherapy training I'd gotten at the Chicago Institute for Psychoanalysis and the good diagnostic training I'd gotten from the University of Illinois. I think I really had all the tools to handle it. Had you ever seen one before? I've seen probably three cases altogether. During your training or once you... During my entire career. I didn't see any during my training. And most psychiatrists, I think, don't see one. Well, I think that comes back to the initial question of how many real cases are there, because if there really aren't that many, you wouldn't expect most psychiatrists to experience this. Exactly. And, and how do you develop you know, expertise? So, all right, if it took you four years to realize that you were dealing with a multiple personality disorder, what period of time did you realize that there were actually 17 personalities? Well, once the letter came out and the other personalities found that letter writing was a method of communication, I started getting multiple letters from multiple personalities, different signatures, different handwritings, each with their own set of complaints and concerns. And two of the personalities, the two oldest ones, who were actually sort of contemporaneous in age with the patient's actual chronological age, and the alternate personalities at all kinds of different ages, they sent me letters trying to describe the different parts. And you knew they were from the same person? I mean, they were these handwritten letters or typed letters? Yeah, these letters. are handwritten letters. So there was no question that it was the same person? Right, exactly. And how did you keep it all straight? Well, I took very copious notes. Once I realized that she was having these extended dissociative episodes, I started keeping close notes because I figured it could be a case of multiple personality. I just wanted to have a really good record. And when the multiple the personality starting to be revealed, I took uh, almost verbatim notes of the sessions. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Advances in Women's Health on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Richard Baer about his new book, Switching Time. So, Dr. Baer, you were just talking about these copious notes that you took to keep the 17 personalities straight. When did you decide to write the book? How did that fit in with the treatment? Well, I didn't know what I would do with the notes. But I just thought this was such an unusual case. It was a case very much like was described in the book Sybil that I just wanted to have a good record. I didn't know what I would do with it. Near the end of the treatment for the multiple personality, which was around 1998, she expressed, after we had gone through the reintegration of most of the personalities, Karen had expressed that she would like her story told. And her reasons were more for somehow to try to alert people for what happens to little girls who get abused and when no one listens to them. So we had that in the back of our mind, but it wasn't something I could approach while she was still suffering from the multiple personality disorder because I didn't think I could get any reasonable kind of informed consent. Right. That's not part of the treatment, I would imagine. And it's not part of the treatment. And in fact, it interferes with the treatment. You know, truthfully, when all of this started, did you have doubts that she was even telling you the truth about these stories, or did you think this maybe was a fabrication? Well, that's an interesting position for a psychiatrist to be in, because, you know, you take everything in. You wonder, okay, well, why would somebody come and see you, you know, twice a week and pay you in order to lie to you? But people do it. Well, they do it somewhat because they're not able to tell the truth. But what you listen for are inconsistencies in the story. Mm -hmm. And the way she told her story was, one, it was so authentic in terms of her demeanor. I mean, when she would finally reveal some of the episodes of of the abuse that she'd suffered, they were not histrionic or overly dramatic. It wasn't like she was reliving the episodes like you see on television. She was nauseated about it. The words came out drippingly one by one. It was a real effort 
for her to tell the story. Now, you actually got to see her switch personalities. Right. How did you make this happen, and what was it like watching Karen switch from one personality to another? Well, after we'd had multiple communications by letter, you know, I knew that hypnosis was one way that you could communicate with alternate personalities. So we decided to try it. And all the times that I saw her switch were basically while she's in a hypnotic trance. She would come to the office, we would chat for a while, then we would put her under hypnosis, and then I would invite, after we had already met many of the personalities, I would ask any personalities who would like to come and talk with me and let them make the choice. And I would talk with three or four or five different personalities during a session. And, you know, I had to develop a relationship with each one of them. They had different levels of maturity and different issues, different levels of trust and mistrust. Most of them had a lot of mistrust. But she would sit in her chair, and while no personality was out, you know, I would ask her to step back and let someone else come forward. And when she stepped back, her face would go absolutely blank and impassive. It was as if she was a vessel that had just been emptied. And then she would come back as someone else. And at first, she would change her demeanor, her physical posture and pose on the chair. And it was always characteristic. I could tell from the posture change who was coming out after I'd gotten to know them. Uh, That was quite distinctive. And then they would speak in a voice that had a particular inflection for that part. And then that was always consistent, not just session to session. I'm talking year to year. It was always spot on accurate. No one could fabricate that. It was too good. It just had to be what it was. How did you know which one was the real Karen? You said you integrated all these personalities. What do you integrate it to? If you have 17 personalities, which one do you pick? Well, that was very interesting because a lot of the writing multiple personality disorder talk about the idea that there is a core personality. And Karen's case, I don't think that was true. She talked about the original splitting up of her personalities was in three parts. This older, there was a kind of mother-father figure, an older adult male and female, and a baby. And neither of those three parts, it was as if her personality split in three, that there was no part that continued. There was those three parts, and then other parts split off from there. But there was a part that actually came to see me that was called Karen 3, and she was the part that the others were integrated into. It's like you had a bucket that was a tenth or a seventeenth full, and you kept pouring personalities into it, and Karen 3 became more and more and more of a full person. Now, how we picked her, it wasn't up to me. The system of personalities picked her, and Catherine, who was the older female, I asked her, well, you know, is is Karen 3 the real personality? And she looked at me like I didn't know what I was talking about, and she said no. I said, well, why is she the one that everybody's getting integrated into? And Catherine said, well, that's just her job. And and I said, you mean like she's the best vessel? And Catherine said, yes, exactly. It's like she, w- and it turned out really that Karen 3 was the part that had the least distinctive personality. She was the most receptive, and so she was the easiest one to do. Given how unusual this is and how difficult it was for you to make this diagnosis, is there any way for a practicing physician to suspect that one of their patients might have a multiple personality disorder? Well, many multiple personality patients, they don't come in saying, look, I've been losing a lot of time lately, and I think I may have other personalities. They never do that. You find them accidentally, usually, or they'll come in for some other psychiatric depression or something like that. But for a general practitioner, they'll likely see somebody, usually a woman in her 20s or 30s, with vague uh, somatic complaints. And and particularly headache is common. And oftentimes they will come and go 
They may be vaguely associated to abdominal complaints or pelvic complaints. Um, but one thing you can ask, and it's an easy question to ask, is have you ever had any periods of time for which you can't account? Now, that's a fairly vague question, but I think the vague questions are best when you're asking about sensitive ideas. It's like when I'm evaluating somebody with depression, I don't say, have you ever tried to kill yourself? I always say, have you ever had any thoughts about wanting to do yourself harm? Well, thank you. While multiple personalities may not be common, sexual abuse is. And as physicians, we do need to be aware of the signs and direct our patients to someone who can help them. I want to thank our guest, Dr. Richard Baer, for helping us better understand the symptoms and consequences of an abused patient. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Stryker, Assistant Clinical Professor of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Northwestern University's Medical School, the Feinberg School of Medicine. You've been listening to Advances on Women's Health on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.